This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my sermon till about 20 minutes today. I said every pastor all the time, but I really am. I'm going to. I'm going to keep it short today. I'm not going to be lengthy, but I want to, uh, I do want to give you a word today that's going to go right along with really the way this service has been going today. If you have your Bibles, turn in 1 Samuel chapter 5. I want to preach to you today a sermon titled, No Contest. Say, No Contest. While you're turning there, there was a, there was a man that went to the doctor and uh, he said, Doctor, my entire body hurts. Everything, everything's wrong. He said, how do you know? He said, well, I hurt everywhere. And the doctor said, well, let me, let me check you out. He, he said, take, t- t- take your finger and, 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 and touch your head. And he touched his head. And the man said, that, that, that hurts. Ow, that hurts. And he said, well, I want you to touch your leg. And he touched his leg. That, that, that hurts. That hurts. Touch your foot. Touched his foot. And the man said, ow, that hurts. He got to touch him all over his body. And he said, it hurts everywhere. And he, the doctor finally said, you idiot, you've got a dislocated finger. But it's interesting how one thing can be out of order or out of a line in our life and it makes everything seem like it's out of whack. 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to end my series talking about the glory of the Lord this morning. The Philistines have captured the ark of God, which, keep in mind, it it represents the glory of God, the indwelling presence of the Lord in the Old Testament. Verse 5, 1 through 5, verse uh, 1 says this, Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashad. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon, who was their idol, their, their god there in the temple. And when the people of Ashad arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on his face to the earth before the ark of God or before the glory of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him up again in his place. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord again. The head of Dagon and both of his palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in a shod to this, to this day. I want you to understand this morning that God's will is for you to live free from every obstacle in your life. Every. Everybody, somebody say every. Every obstacle in your life, that's God's will for you to live free from those. Psalms 31.4 tells me that the enemy sets traps and obstacles secretly for you and I. In secret, he sets traps and obstacles for you and I. God's goal has always been to restore fallen humanity through the power of the cross and the drawing of his Holy Spirit. The power and the glory of God is still available today to prevail over every obstacle in your life. We need to remember that 
God's glory now dwells in us. The Bible says that I am now the temple. I am now the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that Jesus himself, this is an amazing piece of Scripture, and I, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't think anybody can really comprehend it. I can't. Jesus himself lives on the inside of you. If we really grasp what the ramifications of that statement, Jesus himself and his spirit dwells inside of us. And his, therefore, he represents the glory of God. And if he lives inside of me, that means that I should be a representation of God's glory in a dark, dark world. Even when the world can't understand it, I should allow the glory of God to be displayed in my life. Don't be confused or dismayed or, or um, discouraged when the world does un doesn't understand God's glory in your life. John chapter 1 verse 5 said, And the light shone through the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Darkness can never understand light, but light always can break through the darkness. Light can always shed light on something and bring a dark place into the reality of the truth of God's Word. So I want you to understand this morning that it is God's will for the indwelling presence of God, the glory of God to now dwell in you. The Bible tells me that I am now a new creation. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. The old me, the dead me, the carnal me is passed away and all of a sudden when I accept him as my Savior I am brought into the newness of the light of the gospel and the Bible says that that light is inside of me. It goes on to say that even greater works can I do than Jesus Jesus did when he walked the earth because of the glory and the presence of God living inside of me. Now let's look at this text. The Bible says that the Philistines captured the glory of the, of the Lord. They capture the Ark of the Covenant and they bring the Ark into their temple, into Dagon's temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 said, Did you not know that you are the temple of God and his spirit dwells in you? The minute that the ark was brought into Dagon's temple, it was no longer Dagon's temple. It was the temple of the Lord. Light will always prevail over darkness in every single situation. If they, if the, if the priest at Ashad, those those Philistine high priests would have just recognized, there was no contest from the beginning. They bring the see. They brought the ark in to put it on display to show the Israelites that your God is not as powerful as our God. So they bring the Ark of the Covenant in and they set it up in front of this monstrous statue called Dagon. And the Bible says that the next morning they returned to the temple and there was Dagon and it had fallen on his face before the glory of the Lord. And the Philistine priests do much like what the enemy does to us. Even though we have a victory and something can fall or be broken in our life, all of a sudden we find it propped up again. Am I preaching to anybody 
this morning where you felt like you've had a little victory over something, but all of a sudden, six months down the road, six years down the road, 15 years down the road, there it is, propped up in your life again. But you see, the glory had never departed from, from the Philistine temple. The glory was still there. So they go back to bed that night, and the Bible says that they come back the next, they came back the next morning, and all of a sudden, there was Dagon. And he wasn't just falling over on his face. The Bible says that he was broken into pieces. The Bible says that his hands were broken, his legs were broken. He was, when he was broken to the point where they couldn't prop him back up again. And I want to tell you this morning that your battles are won and conquered by the prevailing presence of the glory of God in your life. And if you will just keep the glory in place, if you will just keep his presence at the forefront, there is no enemy of darkness, there is no power of hell that can conquer, what, that, can, that can come against the power of Almighty God in your life. Obstacles that never seem to want to fall in your life, they have to fall before the glory. I want you to get that this morning. There is no bondage. There is no addiction. There is no problem in your life that doesn't have to bow and fall and be broken before the glory of God. There is no, it's not a, oh my God, we, we say, well, it's been a battle. I want to help you out with something this morning. It's not a battle because there's no contest. I don't read where the ark jumped up off of the table and began to fight at Dagon. The, the ark just sat in its place and it demanded authority. It demanded demanded supremacy. It demanded that it was the one and the only presence of God himself. And I want to tell you, whatever you're battling this morning, stop the struggle. Somebody needs to recognize it's no contest. The glory of God lives on the inside of me. The indwelling presence of Almighty God is inside of me. And God wants you to recognize this morning that you can be victorious over those things. There will always be darkness that tries to stand up and occupy your temple. Oh, come on. I don't care if you're 45 or if you're 75. I, I love Jim Carwell, this, but I guarantee you Jim Carwell could tell you darkness still tries to come in and invade his temple. Even though he has the power of the living God living inside of him, darkness still tries to come in and prevail. And I want to give you three quick things this morning that will assure you have victory like Josh shared about this morning. I'm talking about victory that utterly does away with what's held you back from going and doing what God has called you to do. The first thing I want you to understand when you begin to see a Dagon that is raised up against you in your life, posture is important. You need to get that. Posture is important. Let me tell you something about posture, even in the physical sense. Bad posture creates bad habits. 
if you get to if you get to sitting or slouching or doing whatever, uh, you can you can actually train your bones and your ligaments and your muscles that they just are automatically curved or bent in the wrong direction. And it's important that spiritually you recognize that posture is important. Well, what posture are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about an offensive posture. You see, this is what we normally do when the enemy tries to come in against us. We're in a defensive mode like, oh, oh no, no, devil, you, you, you don't, you don't come any further. You stop right there. Well, you've come to here. Well, you stop right there. And I want to just bust up that theology. I understand that, but I want to bust up that theology a little bit this morning. And I want you to understand that it's time for the church of the risen Lord to go on the offensive and not on the defensive. You and I are on the winning side. Listen, Peter was told in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is asking Peter, who am I? Simon Simon Peter in Matthew 16, 16 answered him and said, you are are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and saith unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Listen, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to tell somebody this morning, whatever you're coming up against in your life, it's time that you go on the offensive. The gates of hell cannot prevail against your situation. It means that it's time that you and I begin to storm the gate because we have the power and the glory of a living God living on the inside of us. Posture is important. Begin to view yourself in the position of victory. The enemy doesn't want you to see yourself in a position of victory. He wants you to see yourself somewhere on the backside of the desert. I think about little David the shepherd boy. Nobody else saw him as a king. Nobody else saw him as a victor. He wasn't even called to come to the house when it came time to inspect the sons of Jesse. But there was one that sat on the throne in heaven that looked down and said, ha, ha, man may not see him as a victor. Man may not see him as worthy, but God already saw David as a king, as a victor, and I've come to tell somebody in this place this morning, God sees you in a place of victory. Even though you can't see yourself, God sees you this morning in a place of victory. Somebody needs to have a shift in their thinking where they recognize, I I'm in a place of victory. David wasn't even a wild card choice in the draft. But I want to tell you, God says, that's my man. And I want to tell you, God's looking at you and saying, you are the one that I've chosen for such a time as this. God's telling you this morning, get out of the defensive mode and get on the offensive. It's an offensive team that scores the points and wins.
wins the game. I want to be on God's offensive team and begin to do damage in the camp of the enemy. Somebody needs to begin to go on the offensive. You need to tell your past. You can't come in. This ain't your house. Oh, I know ain't's not proper English, but that's just how I talk. Uh, so for you teachers in here, just get over it. This ain't your house. Past, you're not coming in. This ain't your house. Loneliness, you're not coming in. This ain't your house because my Lord is, is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Fear, you're not coming in because Isaiah 41 10 says, my God will uphold me with his right hand. Oh, you're not sickness. You're not coming in. Jeremiah 30, 17, my health will be restored and my wounds are healed. Besetting sins that come against my life, you are not coming in because I am a new creature and sin will not have dominion over me. Somebody, somebody needs to go on the offensive this morning. And you need to tell the devil, you are not coming in. The Bible says that Dagon was broken apart on the threshold. The threshold is what you have to come across to be inside of the house. And when you have the occupying presence of Almighty God in the house, you have the authority to bind on earth and, and allow heaven to respond and say, no, you can't come in. Do we really understand that we have the authority of God? Posture is important. If you come up against a dog and somebody, I'll never forget, I was, I was about 16. I was so excited because I got my driver's license. I bought my first John boat. Anybody know what a John boat is? It's just a little aluminum boat. I had a little Minn Kota trolling motor, and I ran it with a lawnmower battery. So, and, I, and, I, and I put that thing in the back of my truck, and on Saturdays I was on a fishing tour. If there was a house and I could see a pond from the road, I was knocking on doors. And we went up to this house. I went up and I knocked on the door, and I asked this lady, I said, Ma'am, could I, could I fish in your pond? She said, Yeah, I'll be happy for you too. She said, But watch out for patches. I said, Who's, who's patches? She said, Well, that's my dog. And she said, I'm just telling you, patches will bite you. And I said, well, I hadn't seen any dog. And she said, well, I'm just telling you, watch out for patches. Well, this, this house had one of those walkways that's lined with those thick box shrubs, you know, on, on each side. And, and the truck, I, it was back from here to the daycare center from the front door of her house. And I'm walking. I get about a quarter of the way from her front door, walking up that walk, and I hear, Patches was hiding out. Well, the next thing I knew, I heard Patches coming, and I looked behind me, and there's Patches, and I broke and run, and y'all, I'm just telling you, I ran like I never ran before. And, and there was a limb on a Bradford pear tree that was hanging out about eight foot tall, and I jumped up and I grabbed that thing. It was before I got fat. I could do it then. And I, I jumped up and I grabbed that limb and I swung my feet up and Patches grabbed my rear pocket and ripped my rear pocket off of my jeans. And I was on the defensive mode. 
I was just happy that Patches wasn't eating my leg off. But he had me up a tree. And he was keeping me from fulfilling what I wanted to do that day, which was catch a mess of fish. So Patches was, I was in defensive mode. And I'm afraid that that's how a lot of us are with our Christian walk. We get in that defensive mode. We're just happy that we're still here. But I want to tell you, God has a greater vision for you. God has greater victory for you. He wants you to recognize there are still things for you to accomplish. So posture yourself in an offensive manner. And let God do something in your life. I'm hurrying here. i got 10 minutes. Posture is important. The second thing, covenant is key to understanding your victory. Covenant. Covenant is key. You must have a paradigm shift that relates to the God's power and his glory in your life. You are under a divine alignment through the covenant of Jesus Christ. You're under divine, you're not under a contract. Contracts can be broken. Covenants cannot. You are under a divine covenant. A covenant grants you access to things that other people cannot have. And when you and I begin to walk under the covenant of Almighty God, we begin to experience greater victories. But oftentimes in the midst of the battle, Just because you're one of God's warriors, that doesn't mean that you understand covenant. That you don't, maybe you don't understand really what the blood of Jesus and that blood covenant did in your life. But I want to bring you to a verse about a man that did understand covenant. 1 Samuel 17, 26 says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done? For the man who kills this Philistine Thank you. and takes away the reproach of Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the Lord? I mean, we can go back and without rehashing David and Goliath's story, everybody understands that the armies of Israel had been there for a while. Goliath had been taunting for a while, and everybody's looking, oh, what are we going to do with Goliath? And here comes David out. But you see, David had been spending some time in worship. David had been spending some time in prayer. So he began to understand what covenant really was. David walks out, and he takes one good look at Goliath. And I just want to tell you, they didn't wear a lot of clothes back then. And he takes one look at Goliath, and he said, hey, this guy's uncircumcised. Listen to me. He's not under covenant. He's not under covenant. Because in the Israelite custom, when you were circumcised, it was a, it was a sign of covenant relationship with the Lord. David doesn't look at all the problem. He understands that coming under the covenant of the God of Israel begins to grant him victory. He doesn't ask any other questions. He takes one look and he says, wait a minute. Who, 
Who is this guy? He is an uncircumcised Philistine. What right does he have to come against the armies of the Most High God? And I want to tell you this morning, covenant is key in your victory over your situation. Listen, you and I are under, you and I are under circumcision. We are under the blood covenant of the cross. Who is the enemy to bring anything against your life? Because victory has already been granted to you and I. Victory has already been granted. Covenant is key. It grants you access to victories. And number three, permanent victory is required. Too often, we have little victories, but we continue to deal with the anxiety with the fear, with the things in our life. We, we, we have altar experiences and we have times when we feel God doing something in our life, but we never truly have permanent victory. The Bible says that the second time that they propped Dagon up, they came back in the next morning and there he was, broken to pieces. And I've looked at that text and that scripture and asked myself a thousand times what was different. There was nothing different. The only thing is the presence of God remained. The glory of the Lord remained on display even when evil propped its head back up. And I want to tell you, sometimes it's difficult to allow the glory of God, oh, come on, am I talking to anybody, to remain on display when evil props its head up. Because our natural flesh, we want to have, we want to take matters into our own hand. But I want to tell you, victory is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Dagon was propped back up, but God said, no, I'm allowing a permanent victory to be put in place in this situation. Sometimes it's not a quick fix. The enemy will try and try again, but I want to tell somebody this morning, even if you battled anxiety, even though if you battle fear, even though if you battle depression, time and time again, don't begin to remove God's glory from the equation because there is no doctor, there is no drug, there is no counselor, there is nobody that can bring victory into your life like the presence, the indwelling presence and the glory of Almighty. God, it is the only thing that you and I have that is a common denominator for victory. We can try every program. We can try every way. But I want to tell you the glory of God remaining is key to a permanent victory in our life. Uh, you need to tell your problem that you're about to bow to the promise. Somebody needs to recognize this morning that my problem is about to bow to the promise of God in my life. Too often we allow discouragement to cloud the true revelation of God's glory. Can I tell you something? God's revelation always trumps your situation. God's revelation, and God's revelation is brought to you 
by the indwelling presence of his glory in your life. God wants you to understand this morning that you may need to have your spirit renewed to where you can just begin to say, well, you know what? I came to the altar last Sunday and I was all right Monday but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday I battled depression I battled anxiety again but devil I want to tell you today I am beginning to allow God's presence to invade my life again I'm propping the glory back up in your face because I refuse to bow to my situation I refuse to bow to the problem in my life God wants you to recognize that you can begin to lift him up and glorify his name. Sometimes you've got to get vocal about the situation. I asked earlier, is this a Pentecostal church? And sometimes you could go to Pentecostal churches across this country and you would have to ask that question because people don't seem to be excited anymore about what God's doing. We... We, we, I want to tell you, I don't, want, I don't want somebody to coax me up out of my seat and make me lift up the name of the Lord of hosts because he's been too good to me. He's done too much for me. He's brought me too far for me not to praise him. And you need to maybe get vocal about when the enemy tries to prop himself back up in your life. I, I, I want to tell you, if a, when Patches was chasing me, I, I didn't say, now Patches, you get back. <laughs> get back! Go away! Ah! Lady, come get your dog! I get vocal if an intruder broke in your house. Would you say now, now you go away? Or would you say, get out in the name of Jesus? But yet we'll come in with all sorts of baggage. Josh was talking about the scream. Sometimes you've got to get vocal about your situation. And I tell you, I, I looked this up this morning when I was just making some final notes on this sermon. Eric, if you'd come. 25 minutes, I almost didn't tell a story. I, this morning I remembered a song from the 80s. And I looked up the lyrics, and it didn't have very many words in it. It said, Pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Anybody remember? Come on, I see some of you. Look, some of you doing this already. I looked up the lyrics this morning. That's about all it said. It was some dumb songs today. That's about all it said the whole time. And the last two words of the song were dance, dance. And I want to tell you, some of you, if you want victory in your life, you need to pump up the volume and you need to begin to let the enemy know that I am a child of the risen king, that I am a child of the Lord of hosts, that the glory in the indwelling presence of Almighty God lives inside of me. Get out. This ain't your house. You're not coming across the threshold. Get out. You don't belong here. Fear, you don't belong. Depression, you don't belong. Thank you.
don't know of a single home. I'm, I'm just being completely honest this morning. I don't know of a single home in an American church that hasn't been invaded by some sort of mental sickness. If you know one, you come and see me. But in some way, I mean, I look at, I look at Josh. I don't know where he went, but I, you know, I, I, Josh just looks like somebody that, he just looks like somebody that's always had it all together. I'm, really, I, you know, I, I'm new here. I, all I know is he sings and he's got his own business and he seems to have it all together. I would have never guessed that inside there was a mental battle. There was mental sickness coming against him. And to be able to share that this morning and let that veneer down and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. The only thing that matters is whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible tells me that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. So every time Justin anxiety tries to come back in, you just look up somebody, it may be in Walmart, and say, listen, I want to tell you about something because the enemy is trying to prop something back up in my faith. But I, I want to pump up the volume and give you a testimony and tell you what the indwelling presence of God did in my life. Hallelujah. And this is what I want to do this morning. And I'm going to ask you to be completely honest with yourself in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Statistics will tell us that only about 20% of people that need to be in the altar actually come. It doesn't matter if you came last week, the week before, the week before, the week before, and the week before, or the week before, I want to tell you how often I want to come. I want to come till I get it right. I, I had, I was made a long drive a couple times this week and I had three or four hours on the road so I just had some time to get by myself with the Lord and pray and I just begin to lift up things in my own life that I need to change and I say God I want to thank you that just because I brought this to you before I want to thank you that I can bring it to you again. Lord it may be more messed up than it was the first time but Lord you still you still redeem you still restore and i want to tell you in this place this morning god is still in the restoration business and i believe that this morning he wants to set somebody free in this place i'm talking about some some of you i'll never forget the first revival that i ever did it was in louisiana and i had a little grandmother that was 89 years old that came to an altar with a, with a walker because she had been holding on to something her entire life. Been raised in the church been a pillar of that church but she had never lived free and at 89 years old she finally let the veneer down and let God get on the end. She gave God access you see, if you've got something going on that's going wrong, if we 
this sound mess up today. We could call a sound technician, but he can't do anything from outside the building if it's locked up. He'll say, well, I, I understand what you're saying, but you've got to give me access so I can come on the inside and see what needs to be done. And I, I think this morning that there are some people, you're about to give God the access. You may not understand it all, but you're about to give God the access. And God is about to do something in your life this morning. Amen. I want to ask you to stand on your feet this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that any person in this place that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, that you'll begin to move on them right now, that they'll begin to ask God to become the Lord of their life, that they will give room and access to the indwelling presence, the glory of God in their life. Now, I want to ask you right now to be honest with yourself and you say, Pastor, I got something. I'm, I'm like Josh. On the outside, I look like I got it all together. But on the inside, Patches is chasing me and he's got me up a tree. And I feel like I've been hanging there for a long time. But today, I'm ready to walk out of this place in freedom. If that's you today, I want you to come on. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Come on, come to this altar right now. That's right. Don't wait on somebody else. Don't wait on somebody else. You need God to give you freedom. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.